I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Welcome back to the H2P podcast. I'm Chris Carter, your host here on DKPittsburghSports.com and all of our podcasting platforms. Remember, you can download this anywhere, but especially on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere for free all the time, every time. Let's get into today's episode. Now, Pitt basketball did play a game. We'll go over that in the second segment. But we had huge news for Pitt football this week. We now know that the offensive coordinator will be Frank Signetti Jr. And he is no stranger to pit football. It was actually his first ever coaching gig as a graduate assistant way back, uh, I think it was 89. Um, but then he came back to pit as an offensive coordinator for 2009 and 2010. Joining me today, a special guest who's been on the show before, Doran Dickerson, an All-American, an NFL player, a pit legend, and a guy I talk with all the time on Final Word on Channel 11 WPXI. And Doran, I-, I wanted to talk to you on the show because when this happened and I'm putting together the story, I look at your tweets and you're just, you were just the most pumped up individual. There were Pitt fans who were excited, but you, sir, were through the roof. What went through your mind when you saw that announcement? I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, I, I just, that was the last person I thought that Pat Narduzzi and, you know, the Pitt team were, were even looking at. You know, I thought they might have gone younger. Um, you know, an innovative guy, uh, not an old school familiar face. And, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I saw that and I still keep in contact with coach Signetti and, uh, I feel like he was giving me some hints, but I wasn't really taking them. Cause I just, in my mind, like, I just didn't think that that was a possibility, but when I found out the news, uh, he texted me immediately and was like, pit is it let's go. Uh, and it, it's just, it's exciting. It's exciting to see a guy come back that really cares for the, for the university, really cares for pit football, um, has done so many things, uh, raised level of play for guys. I mean, you go back to my senior year, that's whenever he came in 2009, um, Dion Lewis was a freshman, didn't know what he was going to do, brought, mm-hmm. brought, every, brought everything out of him, all big East, uh, player of the year, you know, myself, Jonathan Baldwin, Bill Stahl. Henry Hynoski, uh, John Malecki, Lucas Nix, Jason. <laughs> P- I mean, our whole entire offense, this guy brought us to another level and made us believe into something that, uh, you know, we always aspired of doing, but just couldn't see the light. So he brought us to another level. We were top 10 at one point in the country and mm-hmm. we were one of the best offenses in the country. So, you know, m- my excitement is, uh, you know, it- it's nice to see a familiar face 
get an, an opportunity back where, uh, you know, it all started for me. So I'm excited for him and I'm excited for the team too. I mean, there's a lot of excitement going around. And Pitt fans already had everything to be excited about. You had a spectacular year. You made a New Year's Bowl game. You won the ACC. And then you find that your offensive line's coming back. Jordan Addison's not going anywhere. Those running backs will be back. Gavin Bartholomew's coming back. The Most of the defense is coming back. There's so much excitement. And it's like, okay, no, who's going to be the guy? And then you, 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 they announced Signetti. Well, they don't announce it. That was, a, that was a story. It's a report. It's, been un, it's not been officially announced. But as Doran is saying, this is a done deal. Um, is, but when I look at this situation, I, you know, you think about all those weapons. You talked about that that offense that he that he came into in 2009. Deion Lewis was a freshman. He ended up with 1,799 rushing yards that year, 18 all-purpose touchdowns. You turned everything up in your senior year. You had 10 touchdown receptions that year. It was you. I think you didn't have more than 180 yards that year. You finished, I believe, with uh with over 500 receiving yards in in that season. Um, and then of course John Baldwin going off for 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. You guys had so many different threats, and he found a way to quickly incorporate them. And I, I look at what. Frank's been able to do recently. Now, for those, you know, if you if you didn't read my article where I was breaking down his history and what he's been, he's been in the NFL. He's coached NFL quarterbacks all over the land. Um, and, and most recently, he was work, working with Phil Jerkovich over at Boston College. And uh, in 2020, when he had Phil Jerkovich for a whole season, they were the number three passing offense in the ACC. Now, this past year, you know, it got muddled because COVID, injuries, things messed up Boston College a little bit more. But, Doran, what are the things that, in, that like, when he came onto the scene – what did he do to establish himself with you guys that helped you guys be a better offense that quickly? Uh, his energy, you know, his energy, it, it, you know, it, you could just tell that it was infectious and, you know, you wanted to play for him. And I, I tell people this all the time, and, you know, it's not really a slight of Matt Cavanaugh, who was my offense, the offensive coordinator at Pitt, my first three years, uh, I had him, what, my first year, not my second year, because I played defense. And then my year that I moved, my year that I moved back to tight end, uh, or I moved too tight in my junior year. I had him. And you, like you said, I only had like 180 yards, maybe like two touchdowns my junior mm -hmm. year. Signetti ran the same exact offense. There's wow. nothing. There's not one thing. There's not one thing that changed from Kavanaugh's offense to Signetti's offense. The terminology, the motions, the shifts, the formations, the, every single thing was the same. But he just knew he just knew how to find the playmakers and put them in the right positions and find those one on one matchups that we win. It was his energy and it was his ability to have his offense and put his pride aside of what he wanted to do and actually run his offense through his playmakers. You know, he let us dictate the offense, really. Huh. He let our offensive line dictate the, the protections. So he trusted us just as much as we trusted him. And that really trickled through the, the coaching staff. I'm not going to lie. I mean, even Brian Angelico, uh, you know, it was my obviously my second year with him as a tight end coach. Unbelievable football coach. Taught me how to play the, you know, tight end position, the, the integral parts of putting my hand in the ground and things of that nature. But, you know, it got to a point my senior year, and I believe that Signetti had a, lot, a big part in this. It was like Brian Angelico and I were both adults. You know, he treated hmm. me like I was an adult and I treated him like he was an adult. He trusted me whenever I said I saw something and I trusted him whenever I needed to be put in place too. And that's how Signetti operated. That's how he operated with his quarterbacks. That's how he operated with Bill, with Tino. And that's how he operated with us offensive players. So it was his, it was his effective, infectious na nature of his energy and his really ability to just really trust us as young men. Uh, you know, that's hard. 
to do sometimes. And he really did trust us. And, you know, the proof was in the pudding. You know, we finished pretty well uh, my senior year, obviously the the last game uh, of the regular season. We don't like to talk about, but <laughs> we, we did. We did fine as, as an offense. I mean, you guys finished in the top 50, uh, as number 15 in the country. That was that was the highest that Pitt had finished since. The, since the eighties until this year when they finished 13th. I mean, you guys cracked the top 10. You were, you were number eight at one point in the season. That's the highest that Pitt has been since 1984, uh, 1989, excuse me. They worked number seven at one point in that season. But you know, when, when you, when you look at that success, that speaks a lot of that speaks volumes to what you're talking about and what you guys are able to do. One thing I think often happens when it comes to coordinator positions from high school to pro to college, it, uh, um, you know, when I realized I just jumbled up that entire thing from high school to pro to college, but uh, when you look at offensive coordinators, a lot of people times the defensive coordinators is the same thing. They talk about, oh, X's and O's, like, oh, he's calling this player. He's calling this play the wrong way. A lot of times that's not what the genius is of the coordinator. Yes, the X's and O's is important. Timing of the play calls is important, but also managing the people that are, 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 that are in your system, getting the most out of them and knowing how to pull something out of, uh, out of someone that maybe they didn't even know was there. That's something that I think that, that, that you're that you're talking a lot about with Signetti and what he was able to do for you guys. And like you said, if he let the offensive line call protections, if he was trusting, you know, the playmakers, this is a team with an entire offensive line that's returning, you know, four seniors that could have gone to the NFL, um, you know, a junior and Jake Cradle who'll be coming back, um, you know, a, a Bolitnikoff award winner and Jordan Addison, Jared Wayne's joining. You're getting Mumfield to join this, join the system. You got a ton of weapons there. Gavin Bartholomew looked phenomenal as a true freshman. These are all guys that are, if he does the same thing here, they're going to keep the same system. And like you're saying, he's going to say like, hey, guys, I'm going to trust you, but I'm going to challenge you in these ways that say, prove to me who you're, you're who we think you are. Oh, I have no doubt about that. And, you know, he, you talk about trust and, you know, just a few, you know, stories and a few situations. I mean, we got to a point where he trusted us to put in the film study, put in, you know, the work, uh, you know, cerebrally as players that there was points, you know, early in the season where mm -hmm. Bill, Bill had full reign of the offense. Like Bill could go to the line, he would re-mike and he would call, there was three different plays he could call and he would call his own play and it would work because Signetti knew that within the plays that he was calling, there was other plays to be, to, to, to take advantage of the defense. Mm -hmm. And he trusted Bill Stahl enough at quarterback to be able to remike, to be able to identify the fronts, to be able to call off the play that's actually being told to him on his wristband and go to a different play. Now that's a lot of trust. And we did that effectively, but that was a lot of, of film study. That was a lot of, of preparation that Signetti knew that if we did that, that, uh, you know, we would actually have a chance of, of, of being a successful offense. And, you know, I'll never forget, talk about trust, really, you know, the first week he got there, first time I met him about four days after he got there, um, I, you know, go to his office. I was like, Hey, I'm Dorn. And he was like, yeah, I know. He was like, He's like, you know, it's not rocket science. And I was like, what? He was like, he's like, you're 6'2", you're 230 pounds. He's like, you run a 4'4", 440. He's like, it's not bleeping rocket science. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, all right. He's like, we're going to get you the bleeping ball. And I was like, hey, I've heard that before. I mean, this is like my last go around. In my mind, I'm like, hey, I'm going to just graduate. Like, I, you know, I was didn't play that much for my career at Pitt. Talk, talk about trust. He got me the ball. He was a man of his word and, you know. The, the, the stories, uh, you know, written on the wall, the, you know, the story is a story now, but 
uh, you know, just uh, to be able to trust somebody like that. And, uh, you know, now these kids have this, this opportunity to have a guy in there who's been around even more. He's even more seasoned now than he was 12 years ago. I mean, like you said, been to the NFL. I mean, coached Aaron Rodgers, you know, guys like that. So what he's bringing to the table, everybody is going to benefit, even the defensive players. He just has a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, and a lot of trust that you could trust the man to do the right things uh, for your team. And that experience comes comes very important. And I, I know I, I talked about it. a lot of people talked about well, you know what about Brennan Marion and Brennan Marion did a great job with the receivers last year. But I'm sure Pat Narduzzi is like, look, this is a this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that we have with all these players coming back on offense with the talent that we just showed. We you know you brought in Keaton Slovis, you got Canada uh, Mumfield. There's a lot. There's a huge opportunity here. So who better to go with than a person who has not not just the experience of successful of success but how to manage players both professional collegiate and to find the best out of guys who aren't being used because who knows there might be guys on this roster he might find a way to unlock Jared yeah. Wayne at another level there might be another tight end that emerges next year next like to a guy right like exactly. a guy right like imagine like Kai Wright, right. a guy that we thought two years ago, maybe there's something there. They could never flesh anything out of him. But what if that happens, Doran? And for like for you, for example, for three years, you were on Pitt's roster. And then and finally in your last year, it's like, oh, wait, it's not rocket science. Get mm-hmm. that guy the ball. And not only does it get Pitt a better chance, a chance to show, but it gets Pitt another guy in the NFL. Because otherwise, NFL scouts would have would have been like, well, they, they can't see a guy that doesn't get a chance. But they saw it in your final year. Hey, that dude can make plays, and then you got an NFL career after that. What is what did Signetti do? Like not just when he first met you, but throughout the year. Like I'm sure there were times where he challenged you even more to push yourself and to find things out about about your game. Yeah, well, he had challenged us. So you know, every single week, and Bill Stahl and I were roommates, so he challenged both of us. And Bill was in the room with him every day because I was his quarterback coach and his coordinator, hmm. and I was with Angelico. But he would give us a packet. Bill and I, every single week before, you know, that Monday, our day off, we would come in real quick, do what we had to do. And he would give me and Bill a packet. Like, what plays do you guys feel comfortable with running? Like he, it was, it was to that. It was like, almost like we were assistant coordinators, assistant coaches, because we would come back the next day and we'd be like, Hey, we feel comfortable with this, with that. And he was like, did you watch the film of say Louisville? And we're like, yeah, we already watched it. We see what coverages they won. They run. They do a lot of cover one on third down. This is the perfect like that was that was that communication that we had. And that's hmm. why, you know, it showed it, it really did. And, you know, he trusted us. He would give us, um, you know, a game plan. But he knew that in order for him to run what we saw, we had to actually do the work and figure out what we wanted to run. If this makes sense, you know, say like we had to watch the film of the team and Mm -hmm. see what we saw. And he's, he already knew it though. You know, he already knew what what was good. He wanted to know if we were on the same page with him. Like, it wasn't like he was like, all right, you, you know, Doran, Bill, you guys can run your certain plays. He already knew what he was going to (laughs) run. He wanted to see if we were mentally, where he was at and prepared where he was at in order to get those plays done most of the time that we were. And it was a challenge, but, you know, thank goodness he challenged us. And even personally, like, thank goodness he challenged me in that way because our, our team was set up like an NFL team. I mean, obviously Wanstead and just a lot of former NFL coaches were on our staff. Mm -hmm. So from every minute that we stepped in the building, it was the structure was of an NFL day. And the, the, the preparation on the field was like an NFL day and Signetti's offense was an NFL style offense. So whenever I got to the NFL, that transition of those things, those things were so easy. 
you know, that was easy wow. for me. It was just like, you know, second nature because those guys, Wanstead and Signetti had us prepared in college, like an NFL team and player. So I, that's one thing that I always will uh, tell him, you know, thank you for doing for sure. One thing that I think that people need to not lose sight of in, in all the excitement for Pitt to do well is also the excitement for Pitt to send a lot of guys to the NFL because it is a constant recruiting war to, you know, to, 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 you know, not just to see, I mean, that's what Alabama has down to a T, even though they lost the national championship game this year, you know, they'll, they'll have a great season. And then immediately there's more guys coming into the program. And that's something that Pitt has, has an opportunity to kind of do with their success in the ACC. You have all this success. Now you're about to, see Kenny Pickett go really high in the NFL draft in the next two or three years you're going to see guys like Jordan Addison how about Baldonado Carter Warren that entire off offensive line you know maybe Izzy if he gets gets more looks in this offense and I think that's something especially that Pitt fans are clamoring for is can can, can you get the run game going because if, if Segetti does that I think all Panthers fans will just be bowing down. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, who knows? You might even start getting full Heinz Field stadiums for next for next season because you had the excitement a lot of this past season. But you know, it was it was still like cautious excitement. Right. Now there's there's something like, look, we, we, we tasted ACC championship glory, and you start this season off against West Virginia. There, there might be some big opportunities to not just to for this season, but to build for the future of the program. It sounds like everything you're saying is Signetti can set these guys up to, to go to the NFL, prepare them for that, and prepare them to win on Saturdays. It continues to look like this is a terrific hire for Pat Narduzzi in the program. And he's just such a balanced offensive mind. You know, you know, if, if, if we have to throw it, then we're going to throw it. But if we're running it, we're going to grind a team out. And that's what we did too. You know, he, you know, he was like, Doran, you're blocking, like you're, you're ISO blocking, you're kick out blocking, you're inline blocking. If you want to play tight end, like you're not going to just catch the football. So there'd be times where, you know, we would go drives and drives and drive and just feed in Dion. And then Henry Hynoski would be lead blocking. And we would just grind teams out. We would just take their will. And he <laughs> is uh He's about doing that, you know, and that's why these running backs have a great opportunity to you know, the Rodney Hammonds, the, the Banacandas, the Davis. I mean, they have a legit opportunity here to actually uh, make this run game a legit thing, because like I said, he is a balanced mind. He, uh, you know, he, he, he sees what works during and throughout a game and he sticks with it. So that's exciting for pit fans. And another thing I kind of wanted to like, you know, actually sure. pick your, pick your brain on a little bit because, you know, it's one thing to recruit high school kids, and he does that really well. He recruits high school quarterbacks. He knows how to do that really well. And I think one thing he's going to bring to the table is now with this transfer portal, um, you know, if guys that want to, you know, leave or, or uh, you know, go to pit, you know, I, you know, as a player, you do your research on coaches, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you should at least and see their background and everything. If you're a player and you see that Frank Signetti is the offensive coordinator and you're looking to go somewhere else and, you know, he has ties to the NFL and this is your last year, you know, that is, I think, another asset he's going to bring to the table, not just recruiting in high school, but the transfer portal of him being that that person like, oh, that guy can get me to the next level because look at all the guys he's gotten to the next level. Look at the, his tenure in the in, in the next level. Um, 
and look what he's done, you know, with college players. So, you know, I think that's another asset that he could bring to the table. What do you think about that? No, that's absolutely. That's 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 exactly what you're what you're hoping for. That's a new part of the warfare is trying to get to these kids. It's showing like, hey, I man, look at Keaton Slovis. He was at USC. He was heck a starter there. And I know that there was a coaching change there. But now he looks at Pitt. He's like, I want that kind of success that Kenny Pickett yeah. had. I want to work with Jordan Addison. And now you bring in the guy Signetti. He brings NFL experience. He brings in success. And if and if Pitt can continue the success this year, imagine over the next two years, Keaton Slovis lights it up with 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 this. It, it, what do, who else wants to join Pitt in that situation? Because then, again, it sets yourself up. You know, Pitt. I think Pitt would have been still been competitive next year with Nick Patty at quarterback. And there's no, there's also, there's nothing that says that Nick Patty won't go into spring right. and battle it out with Keaton, and we'll see how that how that plays out. But you know, this is a situation where Pitt can have the best of both worlds. You can go out, recruit your high school quarterbacks, which it's tough to hit on. It's it, it's a it's a huge guessing game. But when you get them at the collegiate level, and a guy, I mean, look look at how many teams have benefited from it over the years. Joe Burrow at LSU, he didn't start at LSU. He was at Ohio State. You look at all the oh, there's so many programs that benefit from. Hey, we're taking this quarterback into our system. We're making him our own, and then he and then he goes out there and succeeds, and then no one remembers that. That they were from, they started right. with another program. It doesn't matter. Matt, all that matters is did you did you play well? Did you get them to big games? Did you win big games? And then how did that did that get you to the NFL? If Signetti can bring that to the program and bring that, make that a consistent staple where they're bringing in all these other talents that are homegrown at Pitt, but then they bring in other guys through the portal, it could change the program and it could put Pitt in a position to command the ACC in the in the coming years. I yeah, totally agree. You know, that's just something that, you know, it's kind of been developing, you know, and, and, you know, I have a relationship with him, but I have a relationship with him as, you know, a, a high school recruiter and, you know, an offensive coordinator and, and a figure, but, you know, now I'm getting to thinking like, you know, and I'm going to give Pat Narduzzi some credit here, you know, for, for, mm-hmm. you know, seeing the branches on the, on the tree, you know, like seeing the branches of what could possibly happen with hiring somebody like Frank Zanetti and, you know, his, his experience, as we just said, uh, you know, his coordinating, his relationship skills, uh, you know, he brings everything to the table that uh, could help Pitt and take Pitt to that next level, what they're looking to do. Now they have the foundation, Chris. You know, they set the foundation this year. There's guys that are going to be looking to want to come to Pitt, uh, mm-hmm. as we saw this year. I think they got two of the best guys in the in the portal. They did. From, you know, they got two of the best guys, the receiver and, and obviously the quarterback. Um, so, God, you know, this is a, a landing spot for players that they know they can have success. Now it's time to build on that success that you had this past year with the team and individually for guys and take this to the next level. And what Narduzzi is doing, uh, guys believe in. And obviously, if Frank Sinetti believes in it, you know, then then everybody I believe should believe in it because I believe in him. Hey, there you there you have it. Pitt fans, who else are you going to believe? Doran Dickerson. Just giving you the truth right here and everything. Doran, thank you so much for joining us here in the H2P podcast and DKPittsburghSports.com. Let me know I can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, at Scorn Doran on Twitter, Instagram, and then Doran Dickerson on Facebook. I usually am more active on Twitter, so you can find me on there at Scorn Doran. There you go. Check out Doran Dickerson on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere. And also check us out on Channel 11's final word show after the Steelers Chiefs game. We'll be breaking everything down there, what happened in the major playoff game. But stay tuned right here on the H2P podcast. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to talk about what happened as Pitt took on Louisville at the peak Saturday afternoon. Hey. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We just had an extra long session there with Doran Dickerson, so it's a little bit of special of an episode. We had a really nice long interview, but I didn't want to leave you guys without talking about Pitt basketball because this was a really strong win. If you want to read about it, you can go to the DKPittsburghSports.com. You can check out my story on it. They won 65-53, their first double-digit win in the ACC, uh, which is a good bounce back from their first double-digit loss in the ACC that they experienced uh, Tuesday at the hands of Syracuse. But to me, it wasn't just how they won. It's what they're showing to be. And, you know, I'm, I was one who was all on their problems early this season. You know, they lost Judah Mintz. They lost to the Citadel. They lost here. They lost there. You know, they, they looked bad. They lost to UMBC and a five foot two point guard. Like, there were a lot of really embarrassing, bad moments this season. But then there's also been a lot of inspiring, tough, gritty moments that have brought Pitt into some wins. Now, it's not like this year's going to be they're not going to rally and, you know, win the ACC and do all that or anything like that. But they are showing, hey, these guys can fight. These guys are going to go out and play for Jeff Capel. And they are finding ways to win and this team, a young team is learning how to win. And you look at how they won this game. Jamarius Burton, a veteran, coming in out of the transfer portal, comes in, makes plays, succeeds, leads the team with 20 points, comes up with clutch layups, some clutch jump shots, is communicating, keeping the defense on and on the right level. Him and Femi Odakale combined for 30 points in the game. Huge to get that kind of production out of Pitt's guards. You got Mohamedou Guy getting 10 points and four blocks, by the way. But of course, the the what makes this team go 
the engine that is what Jeff Capel's Panthers are built around is John Hughley, and he was dominant in this game, scoring 19, rebounding 7, and just bullying Malik Williams. When I say bullying, I mean in the press conference, we asked him about Malik Williams, and John Hughley said, too little. We just said, we didn't even like get to finish the question. The person said, what about Malik Will? He said, too little. Too little. Too little. He said it three times in a row. That's a confident guy right there. Now, granted, this pit team, they're not, you know, they're they're not, you know, they're not they're not the 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 destroyers of worlds. They're not going to, you know, do what pit football did this year. But then again, we we knew that was never going to be the case. We knew the story of this season was Jeff Capel building something for the future. I said that before this season started. I said this when the season started. And I've said it every step along the way. They're seven and ten now, two and three in the conference. By the way, it's two more conference win than Kevin Stallings had in his last year. And they're finding ways to win. They're they're buying into Jeff Capel's. We gotta play ugly. We gotta play defense. We gotta do all these things. Style of play. That's real. He's making it happen. And Jeff brought up a good point at the end of this game. He talked about how, you know, when you experience gut-punching loss after gut-punch loss, the way they have this season, three losses by a single point each, that stuff makes guys quit, especially in today's college basketball where it's easy to just go and transfer out, right? So what's Jeff doing here? What's what's he really building? What's the, what's the end game here? Let me give you a bit of perspective because if you've been listening to me on this podcast for, you know, month, the month, you know, the, I've been I've been doing H2B podcast for over a year now at DKPittsburghSports.com. And something I said in this past offseason, when all the players left, I said one of the problems that Jeff had that he inherited from Kevin Stallings was no program, no foundation of leadership, of deference to make his new recruits come in and buy into. So when Xavier Johnson, Audis Tony, and Trey McGowan's got here with his first recruits, and they were stars, they were super athletic, they jumped out the gym, they shot the ball, they, they pushed it everywhere, they, they were flying all over the place. But they didn't care. When J- Jared Wilson Frame, who was like the, the leftover leader from Kevin Stallings, he couldn't corral him. And so they were like, this is our team. We decide how the pace goes. And as you saw over the years, Jeff Capel had a hard time pulling in Xavier Johnson. And that carried over into the next years when Justin Champagny came in. Now, Justin Champagny never never was someone, someone that Jeff couldn't control, but it got worse when Justin Champagny became the star and Xavier Johnson didn't know how to handle that. And now here you are, Johnson, Tony, McGowan's all transfer out, Justin Champagny in the NBA. But I said this going going into this situation, going into this year. Jeff's big problem is that he didn't have a program where he didn't inherit a program where there were at least guys on the roster who said, "This is pit basketball. You don't come in here and do this." That's something that Jamie Dixon inherited from Ben Halland. Even Ben Halland a bit kind of inherited a little bit from from his predecessor. But when you look at again, you go back to I think every. Every pit coach going back to, oh man, I forget the the guy's name, but every pit coach for the last like 30, 40 years had an NBA player on the roster when he inherited, except Jeff Capel. 
But the point being is that when you come, when you get new guys that are talented coming in like this, you need someone that's going to check them at the door. You need leadership to be able to say, I don't care how good you are, young buck. I don't care how good you are, rookie, freshman. You got you to buy into how we play ball here. And so Jeff has to establish that culture now with this ragtag group that he's had to throw together because he lost a lot of his recruits. But I think he's doing that. Look at the way that they're winning these games. None of them are pretty. And they're not fluky either. They're all defensive, grit. It's every step of the way. You can feel them earn their their leads. You can feel them earn their runs. They're not getting, you know, a lucky guy that just gets hot and hits five three-pointers in a in you know a span of like four minutes that that who never does that again. You know, they're not they're not just having random shots fall and they're not having teams just shoot brick after brick after brick that are uncontested and they just got lucky in, in that situation. They're earning these wins. They're fighting for these wins. And that to me speaks something about what Jeff Capel's doing because here's the bottom line. If he establishes that culture that this is pit basketball, we play defense before anything else. Next year, he'll have John Hughley, Fami Utakali, presumably that no one leaves the program. That's another thing. Maybe a Theo Horton if his situation, how it works out. You'll have Noah Collier back, William Jeffress, Nate Santos. It's a shame they won't be able to keep Burton or Gee because they have been tr- just great additions in the transfer portal. They'll probably have a two more players in the transfer portal come through that way. And then whatever stars that they can get, if they if, if Jeff can get a star too, if he can win some recruiting battles. They got the Barnes kid uh that, that's gonna come in 2023. I wouldn't rule out Judah Mintz has not recom- has not recommitted to somewhere yet. I wouldn't rule out the possibility of him coming back to Pitt. But if you look at how Pitt basketball, if this, if they can truly establish, this is our identity. We're grit. We're tough. We're rough. We're gonna go in here. We're gonna fight. We're gonna claw, and and then we're gonna win this style away. And you get guys to buy into that. Then when those new stars come in, they're getting checked at the door. A freshman four-star kid, really gonna say something to John Hughley? Though we do have to be aware that Hughley may go to the NBA. You know, it's always a possibility in, in college basketball. But I feel like Hughley, he's going to have a few. He, he's 6'9". He's Hughley's going to need to do a, get a few more skills after this season. So I think he'll stay at least around for a junior year. But you'll have you'll have him. You'll have Otakale. You'll have Jeffress. You'll have Horton, probably. You'll have Collier. You have this all these guys that have been through these wars now together, and they're all going to be be able to 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 take in a freshman and say, "Hey, this is our style of ball." And anyone that wants to try to not listen, they're going to have to deal with all the players, and that's something that people got to understand. Culture in college sports isn't just driven by coach coaches; it's driven by players. You know, a coach can only build the house for the players to do the work in. Pat Narduzzi built the house that Kenny Pickett became the leader of and led the charge for Pitt Panthers this year in football. I think Jeff Capel's building the house for somebody to step up and be that leader for the future of Pitt basketball. Maybe it's John Hughley if they get some stars next year. 
Maybe it's Judah Mintz if he comes back. Maybe it's the Barnes kid that they that they that they got a four star recruit that they that they landed this week. But the point will be, they're gonna there's gonna be an actual house for that kid to come into and understand that these are the house rules. This is how you play the game of basketball. It ain't about you. It's about us. And if he can do that, after all the things that he's been through, inheriting the terrible roster, dealing with the COVID situation, which no other coach has ever had to deal with in pit basketball, the exodus of the transfer portal, and then after all of that, still, Nike Sabanda, you lose one of your top scorers days before the season is supposed to start in an ACL tear or excuse me, a week before the ACL, the season supposed to start in an ACL tear, and then you lose Ithiel Horton to a suspension because he was arrested in a situation we're still not sure what exactly happened in. All the raw cards that have been dealt to Jeff Capel, and he's still fighting, and he's still getting these guys to fight to believe. Jeff Capel's right. It's easy for these guys, for these guys to quit. You know, Femi Odakale... John Hewley, after he had a rough night, what would stop him from saying, you know what, I'm going somewhere else. I'll go to Duke or I'll go to someone that wants me, uh, Indiana or where, where, uh, where Xavier Johnson went, and I'll find success there. But these guys are fighting. They're not giving up on, on, this, on this year. That, to me, says something. And this Louisville win said something to me. And I think in the long run, you're going to look at this team. And I said before this season, these I said this is going to be the dog days. But this is all but the dog days are where the true fans earn their stripes. So Pitt fans, if you want to earn some stripes, root for these guys. Go to some of these games of the Pete. See the gritty style of basketball that these guys are playing, the wins that they have to earn, and some of the lo- the, the losses that they earn as well. But the lessons that they're picking up along the way could be the building blocks for the foundation that Jeff Capel actually puts together to bring Pitt basketball back to relevance in the ACC. That's what we have for you today on the H2B Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I know this was an extra long episode because of the Doran Dickerson interview, but who was going to stop Doran from talking, man? I, these Doran Dickerson, H2P all day with him. You're going to let that man talk. That's what I. That's why I was doing that with him. Um, thanks so much again to Doran to coming on the show. It was such a pleasure to talk with him. Uh, we'll definitely have him back sometime. Uh, as the year rolls on. Again, I'm Chris Carter of the H2P Podcast here at DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks again for listening. Check us out. We are on uh, every. We have all of our shows on DKPittsburghSports.com's platform, uh, which you can get all the podcasts for free. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Rate us five stars. Give us all the reviews. Uh, share share all the love. We cover There's all the podcasts here. It's not just Pitt. We got Penn State pods. We got Pirates pods. Pitt, uh, Steelers pods. Penguins pods. All the podcasts all week long for you to enjoy. Thanks again for checking us out. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Also, be sure to check out Dayon and Dale. They'll be in Kansas City covering the Steelers, playing the Chiefs, Sunday Night Football in the playoffs. Do they pull off the upset? You can find out and get all their coverage right here at DKPittsburghSports.com.